Welcome back to the Cairo London Podcast. It's Craig McLean, your host here again. And this week I have invited Lisa Lamberti over for a chat. Uh, She runs the Pilates Clinic in Wimbledon and has done for over a decade. Uh, And I'm shocked that we'd never really met before, but uh, this is the first time that we had met and I just decided to do it over Zoom and record it. Uh, We were introduced by a loyal client of mine and someone who is in her Pilates teacher training program. So thanks, Bridget, for the introduction. Uh, We explored in the discussion everything about Pilates, you know, things like what is Pilates offered at the physio compared to at a studio. Um, Should everyone do Pilates? Is it for everyone? Uh, What's the deal with chiropractic and Pilates? Should they be combined? Is it a good idea or not? Um, And, you know, a little bit about what she offers because, you know, during this time they've been mandated to close, but she's um, opened up this huge online offering as well. So let's get out there and support her and any of the guys out there who are struggling and having to close at this time. So, uh listen in i hope you enjoy our little chat thanks uh, my name's lisa i have been in the uk i'm originally south african and i've been in the uk since uh, 1997 my first career was as an it project manager right. i did a, a commerce degree in south africa and um when I had been here working in the IT industry for a few years, I started doing Pilates uh, and just found it absolutely life-changing um, and decided that I would just do a course in, in how to teach it, mostly just as a hobby. I, I wasn't really thinking career path. I wasn't thinking of being, I wasn't thinking of changing what I was doing. Um, and then I loved it so much. I was in a meeting one day that got very heated, lots of people being, um, you know, quite rude to each other, classic corporate stress and tension. And I just in that moment thought, I'm done. I'm not going to do this anymore. And so I resigned actually that day. I'm, a, I'm slightly impulsive in that way. Um, and I went and worked uh, in a physio practice uh, as a Pilates teacher which was incredible. I did that for a year and um, I learned masses in that year. I just, you know, I learned how to take the the Pilates that I had learned, which is about working with fit, strong bodies. And then I learned how to adapt that um, into specific needs. So so that was the start of uh, that interest for me. And then, uh, and then I just felt after a year of doing that, that I really wanted to have my own practice. That was my desire. I wanted to mix my business skills with my Pilates passion. And uh, so, you know, I, I knew I, I come from a long line of entrepreneurs. I knew it wasn't going to be, you know, you just start and then it just works out. So I figured since I didn't have any capital, I didn't have any money, I didn't have any uh, nice rich benefactors <laughs> that could start me out. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, just started basically teaching wherever I could, people's homes, uh, pick up any cover classes that I could get. I found myself rushing from one end of London to the other, just doing everything I, I uh, could, any opportunities that came my way. Uh, and then I bought my first flat and put a little mini 
Pilates studio in the spare room and started to develop a client base that way. And because I realized that rushing all around town wasn't going to develop me a sustainable client base, I needed to localize myself and start to create a name for myself in a local area. And at that time, that was Southfields, right on your doorstep. Mm-hmm. So I um, I made connections with local physios, chiros, uh, osteopaths, and um, uh, gave them sessions so that they knew what I was about because I think that's important when you're referring is to know that the person you're referring to hasn't just done a two-day training course, which is quite common in our Pilates field. Mm. Uh, and, I, yeah, I had a, a successful relationship for many years with lots of those therapists who would then uh, or practitioners who would send people to me. And I got to a point where I was just working every hour that God sent and it was unhealthy. It was ridiculous. So I figured, okay, it's good to get to this point where you're, where you're beyond capacity because that's when you can start to share the work with somebody else. So uh, at the time there was, it's close now, but there was a health center in Southfields called the Vitality Center. And I uh, rented a space that they renovated for me uh, to create this little Pilates studio there. And it was, um, it was brilliant because then I could share the work with one other person. So I took one other person on and I split my diary in half and um, she did half the week and I did half the week. And that's how we sort of managed it. And then we had started growing waiting lists again and it was time to take on somebody else. But because the studio space wasn't big enough for two people to work at the same time, it was always just one person at a time. So at the time I had uh, two clients who were business partners, property developers, and um, they started looking out for property for me. And eventually I actually found something that they owned that was coming available for me. And um, I moved into Wimbledon, into the premises that I'm in now. And I've been there since 2012. And uh, I now have 10 instructors. We have three to four instructors on at any point in time throughout the day. We have um, morning shifts, which are sort of from seven, sometimes eight until two, one, two-ish, depending on how early the teachers prepare to start. And then we have afternoon sessions that start at three and end at nine. Uh, and so we, and we cover pretty much the full spectrum of times and uh, teacher types as well, because I think um, what I've learned over the, over the years is that there isn't a one-size-fits-all as a Pilates teacher. Uh, we've got lots of different types of teachers that have different strengths and people naturally gravitate to and find the teacher that works best for them. So how is it that we haven't actually spoken yet then, given the fact that you've basically been doing complimentary stuff in our neighbourhood for that length of time? It's really strange, and I think it's mostly my fault. I've kind of kept myself to Southfields and Wimbledon because that's just Mm. kind of geographically what's happened. And and a lot of Putney people have other uh, studios to go to. And I always say to people, you must go to the studio that's geographically best for you because otherwise it starts to become something that becomes a pain. You don't want to do it. You don't want to drive that extra bit in traffic and you don't want to, you know, it needs to be something that you feel excited about going to and that's Mm. easy to get to. 
yeah. there are opportunities for Pilates in Putney. So possibly that's one of the reasons uh, that that's happened. But, but then, um, in the, like uh, as you've probably seen in the last five years, we've kind of expanded out to have uh, also that place in Tooting. So we've got a clinic in Tooting and one in Putney, and you're basically in the middle of that. Um, so we should yeah. definitely be speaking so that we can sort of send some more people your way. Definitely, 100%. Um, and especially like uh, one of the motivations behind getting you on or sort of since Bridget, thank you, Bridget, for um, hooking us up, uh, a loyal student of yours, I believe. Yes, absolutely. Fabulous student of ours. <laughs> and a loyal patient or client of mine. So um, that's what got us speaking together. Um, but, you know, it, it was one of those things where um, – because obviously in lockdown, I'm, I'm assuming, can you guys stay open through this time or have you had to close? No, we fall under the category of gyms because we, we're not physios. Yeah. So, so Pilates studios that are owned and run in physio practices have been sort of in that gray area. Yeah. So, so, you know, hopefully good for them. They've been able to carry on. But we, we aren't that. We fall into the gym category. So we definitely are shut. But that's that's kind of the purpose for it. I wanted to try and get you before lockdown two ended, so I can try and give you a little bit of a plug because I'm hoping you still have a little bit of a presence online for people. Do you? Oh, we have a huge presence online. Actually, we just basically took our whole in studio business and just put it online. And I think one of the things that happened for us uh, in in March, which was so positive, was that because I come from an IT background, I wasn't afraid of the transition. So we literally went from being an in-studio business in the morning to being an online business in the afternoon. And we didn't give people enough time to think about if they wanted to do it or not. We just said them and they just did it. Because yeah. we knew that once they try it, they'll realize it isn't scary. It's, it's, it's actually great. And mm. a lot of people over this period of time have said, oh, they like it so much, they're not sure they want to bother about driving and parking anymore. They just want to sign in, do their session, and then go straight to their meeting yeah. on the computer or whatever. Um, so actually, it's interesting. It's kind of developed a whole brand new business, which when we opened again on the 25th of July, we then had to accommodate for the fact that we now had two businesses. We had the, the mm. studio, the people who didn't want to do online uh, and people who just really want to get on the equipment. Um, but a massive uh, following for the online business and clients of ours that have moved away over the years kind of crawled back into contact and said, oh, just wondering, are you online now? Because we haven't been able to find anyone where we are and yeah, we've missed yeah. our sessions with you guys so much. So they've kind of come back from all around the world, which has been amazing. So is that your silver lining of lockdown where you've, you've actually grown an entirely new business on top of what your existing business was? Absolutely, yeah. So it's been okay? It's been okay. I mean, obviously revenues dropped, but when we came back, so from the 25th of July, and so when we had to lock down again in November, we were looking pretty healthy as a business compared to, you know, unfortunately so many businesses have had to mm. take such a massive hit. Yeah. Um, but for us, our clients have been wonderfully loyal and keen and uh, enthusiastic. And, um, you know, it's been great for my teachers because that was a big worry for me was their earnings. Mm. Um, and they've been able to continue. So, so yes, if there's going to be a silver lining, it's certainly that we've now been opened up to this online potential business that we continue to grow and, um, and look for new avenues in. 
Because the, the thing that I'm not prepared to do, and I can see a bit of the writing on the wall for this, is uh, just you know all this what this lockdown is doing as a small business um, person who runs a small business myself is that I don't want to turn up to 2021 and be driving down all the high streets and having all the gyms closed and the you know because I, I think the reality of the situation is when you mandate a fairly high percentage of small business to close. And there is a certain amount of support, but not amazing support. Um, it's it's just going to end up with a lot of guys closing down, you know. And and I, I'm I'm not prepared to have London as a place where it's literally residential only and nothing else to do, you know. Um, and in the end, all of us will be negatively impacted by that. It is important, you know. I champion anyone who's able to carry on operating over this time. Just go yeah. for it what you can because we've got to we've got to have a viable economy at the end of all of this. Yeah. I am all for that. Now, I didn't know that about you, but um, there was one of the things I wanted to go through. It's great. You are a great person to answer this question, which is, you know, the physiotherapy, because we've spoken about that just before, physiotherapy Pilates versus Pilates that you do. Yeah. Um, what's your take on that? Are you a fan of the physios doing Pilates? Because I think they came to it a little bit later on than um, – well, even though that's where you started, um, it's almost like the, my understanding, and I correct me if I'm wrong, is that Pilates practices and studios and and um, businesses were kind of doing their thing and then physios were like, hang on a minute, that's a nice tool for rehabilitation. We might get ourselves onto that um, that little journey as well. So what's your take on, on, on Pilates and physio versus not in physio? Yeah, I think it's a great question, really pertinent. I, you know, I think there's a place in the market for everything. I think there's a place for all types of Pilates because there are lots of different schools of Pilates that view things in a different way. Now, there's the more classical version of Pilates. There's, you know, all the way to the other extreme of uh, contemporary style Pilates that don't even look like Pilates anymore. It's a big spectrum. Uh, and then the physios operate probably more on the further side away from classical I think there's a space in the market for everyone. Now, physios, a lot of the time, are not actually trained as Pilates teachers, but they will use their physio knowledge and skill on the Pilates apparatus. So that is kind of a different thing because they are employing the skills that they rightly have to help a person rehabilitate dysfunctional muscles and dysfunctional joints and dysfunctional movement patterns which I think is positive. I think where it becomes um, maybe something that they would then need to refer on to a different type of Pilates is when the client is rehabilitated, they're no longer in pain, they've rehabbed their dysfunction, uh, and then they maybe want something uh, a little bit more interesting, a little bit more diverse so that they're not just focusing all the time on their injury, but they can focus on their body as a whole and then grow their, their body knowledge so that they don't end up back in a position of needing rehab again. Because I think the thing that Pilates does so effectively is the brain work. You know, it really helps people to, if it's taught well, it helps people to understand the reason why the exercises are as they are and why we do them the way we do, why we breathe there and not there and why we uh, think of shoulder blade going in that direction when arm is going in that direction. It's sort of, it's education about movements. That for me is really important with the clientele 
uh, that come in, that we don't just come bring them in, we give them a whole lot of movements because they're Pilates movements and then we send them out. I want them to go out more educated than they came in. So the physio element has certainly an element of that for people who have a specific need. And then beyond that, I think that it's better to refer out. Unless you get, you know, obviously there are physios who are trained as Pilates teachers as well, and then they can amalgamate their skills. That's a good point. I, I didn't even think about the fact that the uh, the physio Pilates are basically offering a rehabilitation, which probably has an endpoint, right? But they don't, as a general rule, I'm sure some do, but as a general rule, don't offer it as a lifestyle choice to be able to sort of do on a regular basis, right? Yeah, and I think from the, you know, because I have a lot of collaboration with these types of physio studios is that they actually don't want to keep people beyond their initial rehab because they need the space for new rehabilitation, Yep. That's got to take place. So, you know, there could be a great, you know, collaboration between us. And then I think also it's a, it's a, um, there's another factor. So a studio like mine, we are a contemporary studio um, adhering a lot to the, you know, the classical Pilates work, but um, also the way we train our teachers is to be thinking human being so they don't just give a person an exercise because it's a Pilates exercise they will have you know they have tools of analysis and uh, working out what it is that the person has dysfunction in and what it is that will help them in terms of exercises and then putting together a program that will help to to get them better so it's not to say that a studio like mine can't take those rehab clients we actually do we see them a lot a lot but one of the things that um that can be a stumbling block for clients is fear of pain so when people have a fear of pain because they've lived in pain because of dysfunction then they movement can scare them Move, movement and especially on apparatus and you know these big machines that we use uh, that can feel scary for people so for those types of clients who phone me up and say well but are you do you have physio training do you you know they, they seem very very fearful that we're going to just sort of blast them into something that's going to hurt them I know we can safely see them and help them but I also know that their fear because we don't have the certificate that says we're physiotherapists on the wall their fear is going to be a hindrance to their getting better. And so it's those clients that I'll say they're better off going to a physio because they will let go of their fear because they'll trust more initially and they can come to us later. But a lot of the time our clients uh, come to us in those sort of rehab phases, the physios who know us have referred and um, we'll see, you know, and we, we love to collaborate. We won't just go, okay, we don't need the physio anymore. We, we will have this two-way conversation, not just the physios, chiros, osteopaths, uh, this constant two-way conversation. Well, today I saw that the person was a little bit like this. What do you recommend we do? So, you know, we love to take advice from physios. We don't feel like we know everything. We, we certainly operate within our scope, and uh, there's uh, there's a lot we can learn from each other. I think the the it's almost more pertinent that a chiropractor and a, a studio like yours uh, has a relationship because there isn't that sort of crossover because we don't offer any rehabilitation you know I mean what we do is uh, obviously neurological retraining or yeah. you know specific spinal work uh, however you want to describe it but it's very much like our expertise is about trying to sort of source where the blockages or dysfunction is in the spine clearing out the system and then uh, getting them to a point where either it's like without pain or improved function but then there's always a, you know I was speaking to this about one of my chiropractors yesterday some some chiros are sort of very much about 
do you hold your adjustment? Do you, know, do you maintain that function beyond days of you coming to the chiropractor or do you need to go to the chiropractor twice a week forever, you know? Um, uh, and, you know, that's where, yeah, there's certain lifestyle things and stresses and healthy, poor healthy habits and all those things that could have contributed. But one of the main things is that sedentary lifestyle that we all have. And because we're not geared up to actually do the specifics of rehab, um that's where we're like well okay you've now gotten to this point you've you can move now um or you're moving way better but it's now time to start working with someone like yourself right um so yeah we we this is why the other reason for the call is to sort of just develop another friend in the uh to help the people um Hey, but uh, I wanted to pick up on one of those things you said there before about brain right we do brain work right because it's kind of in a way that's what I guess we in the purest form consider ourselves to do is to kind of keep the message from the brain to the body without any interference, right? And we use the spine as a mechanism to be able to clear that pathway. Uh, now, we kind of do it by, like, I guess, repeat or trying to get someone out of a bad habit and introduce a new habit, you know, um, of movement. Um, and we'll do that external input to do that. Talk to me about that a little bit further like what what are you are you helping people retrain their movement patterns is that what you're getting at yeah absolutely so i mean the thing with a, a movement pattern that is dysfunctional is that it's been a habit so somebody has either like had a little injury developed a movement pattern habit and then it's just become a set in habit pattern like the classic one is lift your arm and the shoulder blade comes up with it there's no disassociation between the the um, humerus and the uh, the shoulder socket so that, that's just a, a relatively easy pattern to 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 fix but people need to think about it and they need to see it in the mirror and they need to see oh yeah I am doing that didn't even know that you wake up that understanding and then suddenly they start to use lower traps mid traps you don't have to cue them they just they just know where to move the bones to so re-educating the understanding of why they've got impingement why they've got pain and then showing them how to move the bones out of the way to stop that impingement and what you're saying about chiropractic I've always worked with chiropractors I've always referred to chiropractors as my first choice purely for this reason that I love the the um, the neurological impact of the chiropractic and then facilitated by what we're teaching them uh, in their thought process about their work. And I think that um, what we see a lot of is that no matter how much you tell people and they apparently seem to understand what you want them to connect with, they sometimes just neurologically cannot because they need an adjustment. And so I always have also sort of encouraged my clients to have regular uh, chiropractic sessions to keep themselves in this alignment for the sake of that neurological understanding in their body that just connects with the right muscles when we cue them. Uh, you know, and you can, you can have all the understanding in the world, but your body just doesn't follow suit because something's just out, something's just not correctly uh, aligned. And, that, you know, therein lies the, the difference between it's almost like outside in or the, the, you're, you're either addressing a dysfunctional movement pattern by moving Mm. from the outside almost or it's like what we're trying to do is from the inside out where we're trying to sort of get to tap into that nervous system that neurological block and then sort of clear the pathway inside to the out and then the two work really well together don't they? 
Yeah, so, absolutely, absolutely. I think uh, you know. I often say to my teachers, you, you sort of almost can't have one with the other without the other. You need to have them in tandem to have a really great result with somebody. Mm. Well, that answers that question, which was, should chiropractors and Pilates uh, studios work hand in hand? Obviously, yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Resounding yes. <laughs> um, and then that probably leads into the next one, which is, uh, you know, why should everyone, should everyone do Pilates? Yeah, do you know, it's a question that I've answered a dozen times or thousands of times probably over the years. In an ideal world, Yes, everybody should do Pilates and they should do it from when they're kids. And everybody that we get that comes into Pilates often under duress from the physio or for their wives have told them they have to come in or whatever. Once they start to understand the measure of what it is and they start to really think about their bodies in a way that they've never done before, the response is always, why didn't I do this earlier? Why didn't I do this right from when I was a child? So, yes, we can look at people's bodies and go, do you know, Pilates should be for everybody because it's such a great tool for learning about how to use your body well and be efficient with your body so that you can prevent injuries and whatever. Because then you can do any sport and you use the principles of what you've learned in Pilates. It doesn't have to be that it substitutes for other exercise. However, I will say this, that Pilates isn't for everybody only because it's not mentally for everybody. I mean, we have clients who come in and they're not mentally ready to buy into it. They want to push a heavier weight. They want to get their shoulders up in their ears. They want to, they want to attack it aggressively. And that mm -hmm. isn't how Pilates works. It's almost like you've got to look calm and passive for the internal work to be happening so that it's like deep, hard, tough work. Yeah. And until you're ready to buy into that mentally, Pilates is not for you. It won't work. Because if they're trying to take it exteriorly, globally in, into the exercises, it's going to feel too easy. Yeah. It's going to feel like, what, what actually is this? And we get a lot of people doing this, and Pilates just doesn't, doesn't do it for me because it's not hard enough. <laughs> and it's because they were trying to use the global muscles to do an exercise that's easy for global muscles, but mm -hmm. tough for, for stabilizing muscles and tough for deeper muscles. Uh, and until they're willing to buy into it, because that, that takes mental focus, that takes understanding, that takes thoughtfulness. And there are many people who, you know, and, and often people who, who, who run are not, they, they need Pilates so badly, but they're not great Pilates clients because they actually are just used to getting on that treadmill or getting out on the road, thrashing it out, punching over, yeah. um, and, and thinking about something else. They're not thinking about their bodies at all. Whereas Pilates, you have to be really focused about what you're moving, about every little piece. So it's such an introspective time. It was funny you were talking about running because I was uh, about to mention uh, another form of exercise, which I'm sure you love when they come through your front door. But um, on running, the uh, that, that thing where those little intrinsic muscles that are just gone to sleep, and then they're just like from the desk straight out to the run and then they get knee pain or whatever. And it's like, well, any wonder, have you seen yourself run, you know? Yeah. Um, but the, the other thing is the, I bet you, you love it when uh, like a CrossFit addict People kind of comes through your front door <laughs> and they've injured themselves and they're reluctantly coming in to sort of like get that shoulder doing something different. Yeah. And then they're gone after six sessions because they're not sweating or whatever. Yeah, no, and that's the thing. I mean, the thing is, if, you, if you're willing to buy into Pilates and give it a bit of time, you do sweat in Pilates. You should sweat a lot. It's hard. But you have to get it right. You have to get it first. Otherwise, it's just it's easy because the, the movements are easy for big muscles. They're just 
you need to quiet the big muscles. So if we can get, and you know, the CrossFit people, you're right, they like to thrash it out. But often you get, those those people also really like to get it right. They're often very A-type personalities, which is perfect for Pilates because they want to get it right. And if we can communicate to them that if it doesn't feel hard, you're not doing it right, that's enough of a spur on for them to slow down and try to really get it. Uh, it doesn't always work though. But yes, we, we get them. <laughs> That's great. Um, the I was going to ask you about, I guess, yoga and Pilates as well. Yeah. Have you got an opinion as to, uh, is it just, again, what's suitable to someone's personality or what they're into spiritually, that sort of thing, or what? Yeah, so Pilates is Pilates, and yes, there are um, different methods of Pilates and whatever, but, but generally Pilates is Pilates, it's sort of similar. Whereas yoga isn't. There's many different types of yoga. There's the more spiritual version of yoga, which is very meditative. Uh, then there's a yin yoga, which is kind of a meditation in a stretch, focusing more on sort of allowing the body to slowly ease itself into a stretch. Um, uh, then there's um, more um, energetic yoga yeah, super yeah. challenging really really strong shoulders required uh, you know, so there's loads of different types of yoga and what you find usually is that pilates teachers love yoga and the other and pilates people who love pilates love yoga but interestingly people who love yoga don't love pilates and i've thought about it a lot over the years and i think that if you love yoga usually it's people who are sort of quite bendy, quite stretchy, have very mobile joints and should be doing everything but yoga. <laughs> they should be doing Pilates so that they stabilize those joints a little bit more mm. and learn how to hold hold the joints a bit more stable. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because the, yeah. the guys that, that are, look really good at yoga because they can put their head on their knees yeah. and forward, you know, as you say, there's probably an element of, well, a fairly big element of strength that maybe is lacking in certain areas too, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so those people would do well to do them. They would do themselves a favor to do some Pilates. Um, and Pilates people love yoga because generally people who love Pilates love to move. They love movement. And um, so movement of all kinds, they will enjoy. And often you find that yoga people are either these very, very, very stiff people who think yoga is going to stretch them and they sit all awkward in their yoga class because they're not stretchy enough. And then the ones who can just get their foot on their head. You know, and those are the ones who really don't need yoga, but it feels good for them. <laughs> I go back to the. Um, I think it's great, and um, there's so many different types of yoga. I like to try different types, and you always get something different from it. Yeah, go back to your uh, online versus in-house uh, offering. Yeah. I'm assuming that the online is mat work based and not obviously equipment based, right? So we have, because we have a lot of our clientele being students, because we have the teacher training arm to our business, a lot of them have uh, reformers and other equipment. So we do actually have an online reformer class, which is limited to the people who own a reformer. Yeah, cool. It tends to mostly be our, our um, students. Um, and so we only have two of those a week. But yes, you're right. The bulk of it is mat work. So we have kind of three mat classes a day. Um, all, we 
uh, all week, uh, every day. And then uh, we have a lot of people doing private sessions. And some of the people that do private sessions are lucky enough, fortunate enough to have full studios of Pilates equipment in their homes. They're that dedicated as clients that they love it so much, they do it when they go home. Mm. And so we've been dialing into their home studios and teaching them on their equipment, telling them how to adjust the springs and whatever. And then they, they have their sessions that way. But the bulk of the private sessions have been obviously mat work. Sometimes people have invested in little bits of equipment, little hand weights or little balls or whatever, just to add some extra variety. Yeah. And that's uh, that's all live, right? It's not like a recorded all session. Live. Yeah. Yeah. It's all live. Yeah. And where do we find it then? Okay. So I have, I use MindBody online. So my okay. website is thepilatesclinic.com. And uh, on there, there's just a link that takes you straight into the Mind Body Online site. Uh, if people want to book um, private sessions, they go to the tab that says appointments. Uh, and from an, uh, all our sessions are one hour, but since we've gone into the online mode, we've realized that you know the diaries can shift a bit more online. So we've, we're offering 40-minute private sessions as well, which is suited to a lot of people. A lot of people prefer just a quick 40-minute yeah. intense yeah. session. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then the classes, the reformer online classes and the mat online classes can be found on the classes tab nice and easy. Very good. And uh, when you're in the studio, how many reformers have you? Have you got that, like a room with the reformers laid out? Uh, so we have a, a big open plan room, which since COVID I've partitioned off with these uh, movable partitions. We used to have five people in a reformer class. We've cut it down to four just to maximize the spacing between the equipment. Uh, and then we have two se- sections of the studio that are for private sessions or duets. Um, so, you know, we can have that happening concurrently. We'll have four people in a reformer class and two people in a semi-private session and maybe one person in a private session all happening in separate sections. That sounds amazing and may well that continue and everyone get back in the habit of coming through your front door and not just yeah. getting lazy and staying at home for the rest of their lives. So. I'm waiting to see everyone back in again. <laughs> um, actually, there was another thing I was going because uh, another connection we have is Becky Tyres, right, who's uh, an, an, an uh, that's pretty cool. Um, she's obviously an old student of yours and she's carried on doing that one-on-one stuff out of the home scenario. Um, yeah. But uh, she did she go through your teacher training program? She did, yes. So she was one of our students a few years ago. Obviously, um, one of our better students, actually, she's, she qualified really quickly afterwards, one of the ones that qualified pretty soon after training, really put in lots of effort, uh, fabulous teacher. Yeah, and she's done really well. Yeah, well, I've been on her reformer uh, in her basement when she was still in London, and, yeah, she's great. She loves to crack the whip and uh, doesn't take any rubbish, so uh, yeah. <laughs> it was fabulous. And I think she was – I ride bikes a lot, right, so um, like a ridiculous amount. So that uh, – it was her little project almost of her going – let's just see what you can and can't do uh, because I'm sure you're very strong in some areas but just ridiculously weak and inflexible in others. And, yeah, she was right. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so have you got teacher training going on at the moment too, obviously because Bridget's on that program, but what's happening then? Yeah, so I um, run – I run the uh, franchise or the license for an American – 
a company called BASI, Body Arts and Science International. It's been around for 35 years, started by Rael Izakovic, really a prominent uh, person in the Pilates industry, hugely inspiring man. And so I have been fortunate enough since 2014 to own the license for the UK and Ireland for the teacher training of uh, BASI. So um, when COVID hits, uh, we obviously had to change our whole model, but I didn't want to leave my students waiting until we could physically be in the studio. So I, again, just moved all that training online, mat training, equipment training. Uh, and actually, we've found a way to improve on the offering. You know, we, we offer people a lot more now. They can revisit the work because you know when you you're receiving training in a physical context and you're in the room it's obviously wonderful it's nice because you've got the the people around you there's it's interactive but once you've had the work delivered to you, you've had the lecture you've watched the demonstration of the exercises then it's your job to go and read up again some more and try and practice what you've seen. And you often forget a lot of what you've seen in that moment, you know, to remember all these very difficult exercises, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. So I have, um, you know, through this lockdown process, recorded all the teaching that I've done and then allowed them to revisit it and revisit it and revisit it. So they get to watch and re-watch all the training. I mean, whoever gets that, it's incredible. So the bits of the lecture that they didn't pick up, they've now had three or four watchings of that lecture to pick up the bits that they didn't get. You know, we know that we get, when we hear a lecture, we, we take in apparently something like 20% of the lecture. So my view is if you watch it five times, you get 100% of it. You don't miss anything, yeah. okay? Um, so yeah, and all the demonstrations of the exercises, they've, you know, they, they get to watch it. They've got it there on recording. They can go into the studio when we were open come in and try it and then watch it again with new eyes because now they've tried it in their body and they go and watch it with new eyes. So actually we're seeing, um, you know, our students always end up really well qualified because we don't spoon feed them. They have to really find the work themselves, which is what makes them so good. But I've found that they've become that good even quicker through this process. So I've loved watching how we can, you know, be better even on our delivery of the work. And, and possibly expand it again, your scope to be able to help more people, right? Um, but, yeah. yeah, exactly, because now on the intake that I took in September, uh, we had a lot of students who are not local to London who've been wanting to do our training for a long time, but it would mean traveling to London quite a few times to come and undertake the training. And we delivered it. We delivered all the bits that can be done online online so they didn't have to come and then they just had to come for the practical bit which was fewer days more concentrated and more um effective because they already knew all the work they'd had time to process it cognitively and then they just had to come and put it into their body so it was so effective and i just found that uh there, there was a higher level of entry when they came into the studio they already knew what they needed to know they knew the easy bits, the choreography, the way you put your foot, the way you put your spring, that bit's the easy bit. I didn't have to tell them that, that we could go deeper into it. Well, can you feel now how you need to stabilize more with your shoulders when they're up in that position? And then you can get more from the abdominals. So we could go deeper into the cueing instead of just be sort of choreography. Put your hand there, put your foot there, breathe in, breathe out. <laughs> you know, all the boring and easy stuff. We didn't have to tell them that. Um, how long does it take to become qualified? So it depends. It depends if you're doing just mat 
training. We have that as an option. They can train just to be a Pilates maths teacher or the only other option we have then is comprehensive. We, we're not a school that does maths and then reformer and then Cadillac because we feel like you can do the maths as a standalone. That, that's quite acceptable. But when you want to start learning the apparatus, you kind of need to have a picture of the whole thing. So we don't offer it separately. We offer it as one comprehensive course, which will include maths and all the apparatus and all the work. So it's quite a lot of work. So I would say for a maths teacher, it, we allow them any time up to two years to qualify, but it can take four months if somebody's really dedicated from the time they start they just put all their energy into it they can do it in four months but i'd say not shorter than that and very few people do it in such a short space of time it's usually if they've had some sort of other movement background first that they can get there um so a math course six months to a year and the comprehensive course they do all the input from us over six months and then a further six months for them to do their own practice and uh, come back to us and ask questions as they're starting to try to teach the work and practice it. So a year, probably minimum, for somebody to qualify as a comprehensive teacher, but most often the best part of two years because, you know, there's a lot to learn. It's not just learning choreography. It's learning about biomechanics, really, how to make this exercise functional and how to make it that you use the correct muscles when you're doing it so i'm going to ask a question which goes outside the scope of <laughs> i just love how these conversations evolve into whatever we want you know i don't care <laughs> but uh i think this is going beyond the scope of the person interested in pilates but surely it's just like chiropractic right where you get given a degree uh and then you get let loose into the community right um and that's after five years of study now, pretty much your technique is still a bit rubbish at that point, right? Um, and secondly, you've got no idea how to run a business, right? Um, and a lot of chiropractors go into, well, hopefully they sort of have a mentorship type of scenario going on, but it's not mandatory. You can just kind of open your front door and, and go for it. And that's where a lot of people find it really hard. But there are a lot of chiropractors who maybe get a little bit bored with practice and sort of open up almost like a consultancy type business to sort of help people with their business. Um, I bet you you'd be good at that. Do you do that? Um, so I do run uh, courses. That's one of the things that's come out of lockdown as well is I have run some online courses for people where I've given advice about how to open a home studio, how to market yourself to apply to be an instructor in somebody else's studio, uh, how to open a commercial studio, and then just sort of answered loads of their marketing style questions, told them what I think does work and what doesn't work. Um, but you're right. I think that is something that people need. And a lot of the time, the people that have come to Pilates have a passion for Pilates primarily, whereas my passion was for business. I am very passionate about Pilates as it happens, but my first passion was business. So, And you, um, are you still teaching classes yourself? I, I do, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I teach in my studio. I teach students. I, I'm a bit of a workaholic. I have to. Yeah. You yeah. do some of the online stuff, I'm sure. I do and, a lot of you online know, stuff. Yeah, I do everything. And you've got those clients that just will not have anyone else but you and all that stuff. I have one or two of those, but I've got such an incredible team of teachers that over the years I've asked them to try those teachers and realize those teachers are better than me. So then they don't <laughs> want to come back to me. <laughs> yeah, my team are pretty phenomenal, I must say. I'm very Hey, uh, did you have any questions for me? Even though it's all about you, to be fair. All about me, really. It's always all about me. No, yeah, I would love to know more about your practice. Like how many practitioners you have? What sort of, uh, do you offer anything other than chiropractic? 
So we at Putney Cairo, I took over in 2002, um, and in 2015, we um, so after 13 years of building and growing and focusing solely on that, and we moved from one location to another in 2009, expanded, and it all went very well. And then in 2015, I thought, well, we're doing such a good job here, and I was, to be honest, finding it hard to refer to people in different suburbs of London. So we're like, Surely I can do better than what's out there for the offering. So then Tooting came in 2015 uh, and then Fulham, Kew and Marlebone up in town are the other four locations. And so Putney has five chiropractors working in there and the other places have three chiropractors each pretty much. Um, And the offering, three of the clinics have a digital X-ray machine in them um, so we can kind of look inside to sort of work out what physical liabilities lie underneath. Um, Is that a standard first assessment thing that you do? There's kind of a a clinical protocol associated with that. So um, if it's a fairly simple thing, no. Um, If it's a fairly complicated thing, we would try and have a look on the inside before we start putting any sort of force into that spine. So we'd like to know what we're dealing with. Um, Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, about 15 chiropractors in the team um, and, uh, you know, I've backed off some of my personal practice now even though I'm still in Putney myself. Um, uh, but it's sort of just I now spend a fair bit of my time trying to sort of help a mentor and, and, and um, the running of everything behind the scenes, you know. But, um, yeah, look, the, the, the offering, I, I love to keep it simple stupid is my kind of little bit of a motto. Um, most of the practices except for Marlebone, and to be honest, Q does have it as well, but the, the three of the clinics are Cairo only, right? Um, the other two clinics do have uh, massage therapy or sports rehabilitation um, as a Q has one person. Marlebone has three or four um, massage therapists uh, working out of there. So, but as a general rule, that's it. We keep it sort of the, the offering simple and, um, you know, it's it's that thing where, we don't have a particular specialism, you know. Um, we help anyone from brand newborn babies or pregnancy all the way through to when you're 85, you know. Um, so, uh, you know, that's our that's our offering. Um, we sort of base our techniques. So then that's the thing. It's the same as Pilates, right? Chiropractic has this continuum of techniques, and yeah. from the from the super light force where you kind of barely feel any any um, pressure or contact to the really aggressive. And we're right in the middle. Um, and we sort of offer manual treatment, manual specific adjustments, um, and the goal is to just get that nervous system online. Um, and, you know, we'll do the thing where we offer either a short-term plan to help someone get out of a, uh, an issue or a problem uh, or we'll sort of offer them more of a long-term lifestyle solution as well, you know. So, Great. Yeah. Nice. In a nutshell, but you should come and jump on the table. Have you uh, have you got yourself a personal chiropractor yet, or no, have you fallen out of the habit? I'm always I'm always game for a bit of a. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like if you haven't been on the table for a while, I bet you that neuro connection is maybe lacking a little bit with you. Yeah, so. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> we will definitely set that up then. You should come and see, uh, like, come down to Putney and uh, and check out the offering. It's it's certainly quite different too. It's almost like a Pilates studio where we have these little partitions oh, cool. um, and not like closed room. You know, um, 
So we keep it. Likewise, you guys must come to us. I mean, maybe we, it's probably not feasible for you all to come at the same time, but one at a time, we could maybe, if you're, yeah. you guys are interested, your, your therapist, your practitioners, if they yeah. want to come and see what we're, what we're about. I think sometimes it's helpful to know who you're sending people to first. <laughs> yeah, no, look, absolutely. And I think um, this is the start point, um, but it's just a natural thing. It's, it's just quite unusual. Maybe it's the COVID way now where we just meet virtually first. <laughs> it never well, happened this way. Good because actually in the past, it was always more difficult to meet up because of all the physical implications of being available at the same time and not having time enough to rush back to what you've got to do. So this has made it much more easy to access. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think uh, we should send a representative from Putney and from Tooting, the two that are most close. Like I know um, Fulham's got their connection with uh, the Absolute guys. Um, exactly. And that's, uh, and that's people wouldn't really travel from there. I mean, we've had no. people travel from there only because they were initially our clients when we were in Southfields. Um, I mean, we've even got somebody who travels all the way from Barnes, which is ridiculous. But yeah. in the main, it's better for people to geographically be so, you know, I think we should get uh, whoever's keen enough out of our group to sort of come down and sort of uh, jump on the reform app. We'll definitely make that happen. So, um, cool. Hey, look, well, thanks for taking the time. Uh, did, is there anything else we needed to cover? Or I think we've covered it. Thanks, Craig. It's been Thank really good chatting to you. <laughs>